0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to one of the 10 best English language Fiorentina podcasts on the internet. Welcome
1: to Viola Station. Hello, Viola fans. It's been a while since we last got back together. We certainly missed you. We hoped you missed us, too. There's a lot to talk about with the market that's finally heating up. Fiorentina is soon to be returning from their summer holiday, and we know nobody does summer holiday better than our very own Tito. Tito, how has that summer holiday been for you out on the West Coast?
0: Uh not actually the best, but Mike, part of the reason we've been uh, missing for a while is because I got myself a dose of the coronavirus and spent a couple of weeks uh, locked in the bunker and not emerging and pretty much lost all motivation to do anything. Uh, and then after that, trying to catch back up at work took a while. So yeah, not been uh, not been my best Ooh, summer ever. How about you? I feel like He might have done a little better. A little better. Uh, I just had my second bout of
1: coronavirus, so I, I, on the positive, I think that the second time around it's a lot easier than the first time um we, we we took the family down to disney my wife got uh, her second bout uh two weeks before disney and what i can say is disney's it, it's wonderful i mean it's great there's a lot of and really cool rides you better cool say rides.
0: that with the lawyers they got working for them
1: <laughs> a lot of cool rides but i will say this there is no chance that if you haven't had covid within the past 3 to 6 months that you won't get it while you're down there they they put everybody into small areas indoors and and it's to be expected um last day I was down there, started noticing a little bit of a sore throat. I was like, uh oh, uh oh, still gotta get home, still gotta get home. But uh as I said, second time around was not as bad as the first time. So that's the only positive I can offer there.
0: Well, that's definitely setting a uh nice tone of optimism for this it's a high bar. It's a high bar podcast. for today. Yeah, that's uh yeah. oh man. Well, let's let's get real optimistic here, Mike. What are you drinking today? i
1: am right now hydrating i'm going to be going over to my buddy's house who's uh making a brisket uh slow cooking some ribs uh some pork belly a couple things he's a he's a real chef uh on the grill so uh i'm, I'm hydrating right now going over with a bottle of tequila that uh uh, I brought uh, back from Mexico last time I was there and, and a bottle or two uh, of wine. Um, of course, all of those things will be shared uh, amongst quite a few people. But uh, yeah, that's 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 about it. Just preparing. How about you?
0: Uh, it is 845 a.m. on a Sunday here. So I'm drinking water, man. I'm drinking water. Let's let's not pretend anything else. That, uh, it's too early. It's too damn early. You, you, you're probably just getting ready for bed at this point, right? <sighs> Close too. Got to go. Got to go get the uh, moons over my hammy at uh, at Denny's, and then I'll yep. probably be ready. Yeah. Yep. Do the senior citizen thing. Uh, tell you what, man. Let's let's jump into the birthdays here. We got one of uh, your favorites. I think is turning 40 on Tuesday, 5th of July. Alberto Gilardino, which is uh which is pretty exciting. And I I think people forget how good of a career he had. I mean, he was with Fiorentina, two separate stints, five years, scored 63 goals. 57 caps and 19 goals for Italy. And if you look at the stuff that he won in his career, I mean, World Cup, Scudettos, uh, Super Cup, uh, Club World Cup, U21 Euros. He was the Serie A player of the year in 2005. He was the Serie A young player of the year. Uh, He's got the best center part of the decade. I mean, he's really won everything at every level. And I feel like he's kind of become a, a figure He's just been totally forgotten in league history, which is, which is a bummer. You got any, you got any particularly good memories of him? I, I was always curious. Cause I love his celebration. i Oh, I'm always the violin. Curious. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah.
1: What, what song do you think is playing in his mind as he scores and then runs to the corner and starts playing the violin? What song do you think is going through his head?
0: Oh man, on the violin. I'd, I'd love to ask that question. I'm gonna say something by Rossini. I'm gonna go something by Rossini, maybe like a little William Tell. I mean, I know, I know he's Italian, not Swiss, but like, I feel like it checks out. What, what are you guessing? Honestly,
1: like if I can ask, uh, if I can ask him any question, that would be the question. That would definitely be the question I would ask him. Is is what is playing in his mind as he goes through the
0: violin action? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You you have a, do you have a favorite Gillardino goal?
1: you know I, I know i probably should have read the notes and and uh <laughs> and, and become prepared with one uh, i don't have one right my, right uh, off the top but uh uh I'll ask for yours, and then and then uh, I do have one other comment on Gilardina, but go ahead uh,
0: i think it's for me it's got to be that stoppage time winner at liverpool in the champions league in 2009 what was it like 90 92nd minute uh juan vargas gets loose down the left driving forward looks like he loses the ball and then just keeps running and just absolutely bodies whoever the poor Liverpool right back was out of the way and puts in a cross and Gillardino just pops up, caps it in, silences Anfield. Yeah, it's such a such a such a moment. That was that was about as good as it gets for me. Uh last note
1: on this, and and I uh love the the walk down memory lane. Adding into the walk down memory lane, did you see the pictures that were uploaded about two or three weeks ago when they got Gilardino together with, with everybody from back in those days to go over and support MUTU? Did you see those, those pictures? No, no, I missed those. I'm going to have to look back and, and send those over to you. Um, but But they got the whole group back together, made a trip out of it, flew over, supported MUTU. Um, and and like there's pictures behind the scenes of them in in the hotel together on the tarmac getting into a private you know jet, I mean it was just wonderful seeing all of those players that give you just such such a sense of joy from their accomplishments together once again because it shows like the family dynamic hate to say it, you know, not much of a family feel on this team. You know, once mm-hmm. you get a player that mm-hmm. wants to start a family feel in Torreya, we we get rid of them. So uh, neither here know, nor there, neither here nor, nor there, there. Here nor there, but we'll, we'll but, stick with uh, the positive sides. Yeah.
0: Happy birthday, big Berto. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, we've got another Berto birthday, too, except this time it's Alberto Aquilani, who's turning 38 on Thursday, the 7th. And I got to be honest, I didn't realize they were so close together in age. He and Gillardino. Yeah, But uh, that I got to say, Aquilani's got – he has to have one of the weirder careers of any player uh, in recent memory. I mean, coming mm-hmm. through, being tapped as like the next great Italian midfielder and, you know, absolutely having his moments, right, with Rome. Not doing with, well in Liverpool, though. Yeah, but then that move to Liverpool sure didn't work. And then he came to Florence and really found himself in that three tenors – midfield with Borja Valero and David Pizarro although you know you could tell he was slowing down pretty pretty hard there by the end but uh, I gotta say I never would have pegged him as the uh, is the guy out of that out of those Montella teams to go on to become what looks like he could be a heck of a manager too I mean four straight Coppa Italia with the Primavera for Fiorentina no one's ever done that before ever. going back to the, I think seventies, when the competition started, I don't know, you think he's ready to, I've heard whispers that he might try striking out into the like actual senior football, working with the grownups. Do you think he's ready? I, I was very surprised to see him return. I thought we would see him in
1: city in at B, but he, he renewed, he came back. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about Italiano asking for all these players you would think at some point with Aquilani staying that he's going to start asking for some investment in youth players, because that's not been done for a while.
0: Yeah. I mean, in fairness to him, the Academy's churned out a lot of talent under his watch. I think much more than I thought it would when I was looking at it a couple of years ago, I thought the cupboard was a little bare and especially this year, I thought there was not much and that team turned out to be uh, quite a bit better than anticipated. So yeah, I've Agreed. all credit Agreed. to him and, and happy birthday. And uh, all right, I think that's, oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to say anything about the new logo going official? I mean, I know we talked about it a little when it got released a few months ago, but I mean, any real strong feelings there, man?
1: I I, I wouldn't say I have a a strong feeling. I I certainly did have strong sentiment towards the old um, logo. I, I personally didn't think that it needed to be changed, but in a time where Rocco's trying to monetize uh, anything to, to help reinvest in the, in the club. I certainly understand why they did it. It seems a little small, like it it seems very petite to me, uh, anytime I see it, which which is awkward. So if they, if they make it a little bit bigger, I I think it's going to, uh, make me a little bit happier, but all in all, I I think it's crisp and clear. So that that's positive.
0: You're you're not worried. You're going to have to uh, update that to that tattoo of the crest you've got on your butt cheek. Well, there's, there's another butt cheek, right? Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah, what happens if they update it for a third time? You're going to have to uh, get a third butt cheek sewn on there? Or... Yeah, well, there's always the middle. And moving on to transfer rumors, because that's really what we're here to talk about other than uh, <laughs> Mike's third rail. <laughs> um, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about some... Uh, oh, Jesus. Let's go ahead and talk about some arrivals here. And... Uh, Best place to start, I think, is right at the back, and we've got one Pierluigi Golini, who, uh, by the time we release this, might, uh might be official. They might have announced it. So, what what kind of deal are we talking about here, Mike?
1: Looks to be the the uh, Fiorentina special here, uh, loan option to buy, which which makes sense. I think uh, we, we didn't get the guy that we wanted, um, Vicario. And we got a guy who is still very serviceable and I think very good with an opportunity to redeem himself. A lot of a lot of connection uh, back to the Tuscany area. And, and I think it's a, actually a very good deal for the club here. Uh, will we use the option to buy him next year? Who knows? But I think, you know, a, a half a million dollars on the, the loan here um, provides a lot of flexibility for us to start spending all that 50 million they were talking about before, right?
0: Mm, you might think, you might, you might think, think, but uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. It feels fine. I mean, we don't know what his wages are. I can't imagine they're gonna be that crazy, right? But it yeah, it feels like a pretty good deal. I I've, I've always liked Galini, honestly, mm. partly as a player. He's he's good with the ball at his feet. He's a really good sweeper. Uh, Last, you know, we don't have a whole lot of stats for him for last year since he didn't make a competitive appearance for Spurs, I don't think, or at least not in the Premier League. But, uh, you know, he's shown that he's uh, really, really good sweeping up outside of the area, which is obviously very important for Italiano. He's good with the ball at his feet. Uh, As a shot stopper, I don't think he's anything particularly remarkable. Uh, I think he does also have a mistake in him, which is always always in, induces a little anxiety but what i really we want did to talk... have lots of those back there last year though so it's not like we're losing anything with that hey I, what i do want to talk about with golini though it's not really his his who he is as a player but who he is as a musician yes and this is where yep. yeah this is where we talk about glorious Rapper mm-hmm. which is rapper mm-hmm. with gloves and we'll we'll link this video in the uh, in the episode description. It's oh man, it's been like four years, maybe three, four years ago. He released a music video uh, mm-hmm. of yeah. himself uh, kickstarting, if you will, his hip hop career, and it is one of the most magnificent things I have ever seen. Would you do you think
1: you can describe it, Mike? Not since Shaq, not since Shaq, have we seen anything that wonderful. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's fantastic!
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, Uh, like, like seriously, I, I, when you watch it and you don't know who he is, you just think that it's a hooligan video, right? (laughs) That—that's all I thought was like, like, here's another hooligan rap video, ultra video. Um, But then you find out that nope, he's a professional athlete.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the the last player Fiorentina side who had a uh, a hip hop video on the internet was Kevin Prince Boateng, and I gotta say, I think that uh, Golini is he's way better, man. I I love KPB. He I got into it. Yeah, I, I I I do. I did like the Prince. He was great, underrated player, but just not for us. Boy, howdy, not not so much on the musical career, glorious. He's just leaned all the way into it. It's so, so good. And I really desperately, desperately want him to cut another one, drop another track, cut the video for it while he's in Florence. And if he does yeah. that, I think we can call the loan a success no matter how else it pans out. Uh, and, and and I think that we could probably get in touch with a few people in the Corvo who can help him out with that next video there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine just... <laughs> The whole, yeah the whole of the whole they just oh my uh, uh, got shivers just thinking about it i i if this season brings us anything good i hope that is it All he right. would have to shave his head again right like like the hair doesn't do it for him i, I think the the whole shaved head was was what worked uh, i don't know the, the bleached is also pretty funny he's just uh, immaculate vibes that man immaculate uh, all right, well let's let's move on to the uh, the other end of the field then. Cuz we it sounds like we might have a new striker coming in, uh, Christoph Diontek, loan not renewed, probably for the best. Thank you for your service. Good luck in the future. And plus yeah. But uh new new option up front is Luka Jovic from Real Madrid, which is on, on the face of it, really exciting, right? Like, here's this 24 year old Serbia international. Uh, you know, had a tough couple of years at Madrid, but like, it's reasonably difficult to unseat Karim Benzema as the striker there. Uh, so you can't blame him too much. I gotta say though, like I, I like Jovic as a player. I mean, he's a, I think he's the kind of profile Fiorentino should be aiming for, right? He's young, he's a little bit of a reclamation project these past what couple three years. Not been a lot going well for him at club level uh and he's clearly quite talented uh you know he's athletic solid in the air solid on the ball uh works reasonably hard, but more than anything he's a he's a really good finisher i think is what stands out about him but uh gotta say man, for a guy who costs sixty three million as a twenty one year old in twenty nineteen uh you know he, the season before that he scored seventeen goals for Eintracht frankfurt in the uh in the Bundesliga, hit 10 in the Europa League as well. Uh, Since that, he's scored seven goals since the 2018-2019 season, including 3-51 and for Madrid. Is that a red flag for a guy from Red Star, do you think?
1: So I'm just going to tweak one thing that you said. Uh, I'm not sure he's the player we need, but I think he's the player profile that we need. Oh, I, yeah. I like his profile. I like the risk associated with bringing in the profile of Jovic. Uh, young guy who needs to rebuild his career. He has to be hungry. And if he's not, then he's not a player at all. Like, you know what you have, and it's just $25 million potentially wasted. Um, but I don't think that's the case. You know, I, I think he's a player. You still see him playing with the national team. Um, he needs to score, though. Like what? What have we missed since uh, Vlahovic left? Oops. Was was goal scoring? Yeah, everybody, everybody wants to forget. Uh, but what we forgot to do since he left was score goals. So so we we need those goals. And I'm hoping that seven goals over the past three years is something that he quickly wants to get by. He needs good wingers. He needs a good
0: midfield. And
1: well, you know.
0: I eh. you're trailing off in a way that suggests eh. a few things here, McMike, but uh we don't have to get too far into that. Uh no, I'm with you. I think you're right. He is the exact kind of player Fiorentina should invest in. I think lots so, of upside. Lots of upside. Lot it, of upside especially there for sure. financial. I mean, yeah, on the I mean, the best case scenario is he scores 20 goals and becomes the long-term solution at striker for the next, I don't know. Eight years? Which means we sell them next year. Yep. I wish you wouldn't do that. Uh But, you know, best case scenario, he, he really blows up long-term solution. I will say, I, I do have a couple other mild concerns about him. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh
0: He was uh, on international duty with Serbia back in, I think, 20, I think it was back in 2020. And for a, uh, a qualifier against Portugal where everyone thought he was going to start, including him, and he, he probably should have. But he came off the bench in the 87th minute in a game they lost 4-2. And apparently he was furious. And uh, he just up and left the, the national team camp without telling anyone. And later claimed, you know, it was an injury, but he missed their next game. Uh, and then came on as a sub for Real Madrid four days later. And I think that made a lot of people in Serbia and elsewhere Pretty skeptical of him because that's that's a real bad look. Uh, and then also uh, later that year, he left Madrid and went back home to Belgrade for his partner's birthday party. And on the way in, uh, ignored a whole bunch of quarantining rules that Serbia had in place to the point where the president of the country called him out and the prime minister of the country, uh, if I can read you a quote here, uh, said, if he leaves his apartment again, he'll be arrested. The lives of our people are worth more than his millions. So he's really uh, not made a lot of friends back back in the old home front uh, for for some of his behaviors there, I think. And that that kind of immaturity does make me a little bit anxious, if I'm honest. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he'll look at this as a chance to resurrect his career and he really needs it. But like, Oh boy! Can, can we just call out uh,
1: a little bit of the hypocrisy after we saw what played out with Dushan and and you know who owns the agency, and then somebody is talking about millions not being worth you know the other people. I, I, I yes, I, I'm all with you with Yovich, but uh, we we saw a lot of very unsavory things playing out with some unsavory people there. I'm not uh, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, but everything else you said, absolutely.
0: Fair. So yeah, I mean, again, it feels like definitely a. I, I'm just saying that because like the the personal stuff makes this feel like there's a little bit of extra risk there. Yeah. So this deal feels to me a little bit more volatile than it would if he, you know, had always just been a uh, a model citizen.
1: Yeah. Well, and and then you but... start
0: thinking about the wages too. So
1: talk about those millions. We know yes. Fiorentina's wage scale. I, I mean, there, there's a lot of risk with this, but
0: I like the fact that we're having
1: the willingness to take it on.
0: Yeah, I will say I think that you just outlined the uh, centerpiece of a of a uh, podcast we'll be recording in about ten months. So thanks for that uh, preview <laughs> right here, everyone, for free. Uh, tell you what, though, let's let's move on. I think we've got a uh, a couple more. Potential signings coming through, and I think the one we got to mention first is a uh, Rolando Mandragora. Uh, again, sounds like he's sounds like the deal is just about finished as we record this on on Sunday the uh, the third. Uh, so by the time you hear this, it might it might be official. The club is already posting pictures of mandrake plants, which real subtle guys, real subtle subtle Mandragora meaning mandrake in in Italian. Uh, what are, what are the terms of the deal on this one? This one seems a little bit more straightforward
1: so seems like oh. we're going to start splashing some of that 50 million that we heard about mm. uh 10 million straight up with a 1.6 million dollar salary million euro salary um, nope. that's that seems reasonable
0: yes uh, Mike, you sound like you're that's qual- that's a qualified yes what are your hesitations here? Ah,
1: it, it, it's just, it, it, I guess it's uh, wishing for what could have been. I, I mean, if we're going to spend 10 and 1.6 for Mandragada, like I, I really wish that we would have kept the best midfielder that we've seen since those three that you talked about earlier at 15 and, and two to two and a half. Like uh, ah, fair. lost opportunity, lost opportunity. So, so listen, that's it. I, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to say anymore. That's it.
0: Okay. So, so this is just the, uh, the Torreira bitterness washing through you. The bitterness. Again. And,
1: and, and I, I, I guess I don't really believe that he's going to be the replacement we need in a midfield that's lacking speed and creativity.
0: Fair. I mean, the, the creativity part, I think he does offer. He's a, he's a good passer. He's a creative passer. He can hit shots from distance, which could be really useful. The speed part though, uh, he's not particularly quick. Uh, let's go ahead and say it straight up. He's not much of a ball carrier. Uh, I also I don't think he's a Torera replacement. He's he doesn't he doesn't get through the defensive work that Torera does. Nope. So I, I think that he's in some ways almost more of a, a Castrovilli replacement while Baltanino's out and missing that's, at least half that's of the scary. year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Mike. But hey, we love payroll around here, don't we? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, good Good passer. He shows he, his numbers for passing and uh, goal creation are actually quite good. Uh, I also, for some reason, I always think of him as being like Marco Benassi's age, and mondragar is only 25. Yeah, he's young. Which is a little surprising to me. Uh, I think it might be that really thin mustache he wears. It just makes him look like he's belongs in the in the 20s or the 30s somewhere uh but no i, I think the only other i mean for, for the money that, that the club's spending on him i don't think this is a bad pickup i think he is a fine player i don't think he's anything real special the the the, the questions i have one i just don't like paying juventus for anything mm-hmm. you know I, I think that uh you send Juventus, Federico Chiesa, and Dusan Vlaovic, and you get back Rolando Mandragora. Algebra was never my strongest suit. You know, I've got a a degree in the humanities. Uh, The sides of that equation don't balance very well, is all I'm going to say. And I find that a little concerning. I think the other thing is that uh, Mandragora does have a little bit of an injury history yeah which concerns me uh he's you know he's uh, missed what 11 12 games last year maybe more oh no closer to 20 i'm looking at the stats right now uh the year before that he missed 20 he's missed yeah he's he's just missed a lot of games a lot. over the past few years uh and also with things that you know he had a he did his a uh, ACL is anterior cruciate ligament back when he was on loan at Juventus a couple years ago or at Udinese, I'm sorry. And then this year missed uh, another 20 games with knee issues. So you wonder if and he's I don't a know, Big body too. That's a lot that of weight the, on those frames. Yeah. I don't know if that was the same knee, but that, that is the kind of thing that concerns me. Yep. So you, you definitely hope that the, the, when they're doing the medicals, they're really checking on that stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, so you're, you, you're not as you're not as amped up about this one.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, you know, you, you know me. I have been clamoring for the past three years for improving the midfield. Uh, we lose Torreya, who was the improvement in the midfield because of bureaucratic bullshit, and we replace him with a guy who is slow and often injured. Uh, I, I think he's a great person. You know, as we were talking before we jumped onto the actual recording here. Uh, I think it was Heinz who brought up his, uh, his leadership skill set being, you know, thought of, but as I went and researched, he's only played one game, one game for the national team, uh, which surprised me. You know, I, I expected to see him getting a little bit more run with the national team there. Um, it, 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 again, going back to the profile of players, do we need, is he a good depth player? Great. I think he's a great, if we're purchasing him for depth, I love it. If he's a starter in the midfield, we are worse than we were last year. And we didn't upgrade, especially for a player in Jovic who's coming in now, who's going to need some service. Like he needs to build some confidence with a very good midfield. That's not the signing, not the signing at all.
0: Yeah. I think you make a good point. I, I again, I think he's, he's got the passing vision and range to maybe help in that department a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't see, the midfield is having improved with this signing. I will say though, the, the one thing that does make me really happy about it is that, uh, Fiorentina have now United Seria Oz, possibly two leading blasphemers on one team. Um uh, Mondragora has been fined for blasphemy a couple of times as has Marco Benassi, who's back from loan. And I mean, one, just the idea of getting fined for blasphemy is one of my favorite things. Like, it never changed Syria, uh, except for you know all the things that you desperately Everything. need to change. Yeah. But I, I mean, come on, you've got to love the fact that you've you've got this dude who's out there on the field yelling, "God, dog, pig, mother of God!" in <laughs> frustration and getting fined for it. That's genuinely hilarious to me. I mean, I know this is a cultural thing, et cetera, but like blasphemy. Come on, dude. Yes. Give me more blasphemy. Always. <laughs> you, you're you not a blasphemy kind of guy, Mike. Right. I'm fine.
1: I just wouldn't want it on the team. Not, um, not that not that I'm against blasphemy. I, I, <laughs> I want it on the bench if it's on our team. How about that? Coming off of the bench.
0: I am so for blasphemy. And maybe he can get himself sent off from the bench for blasphemy this year. I think that should be a goal for him. That'd be awesome. Would, I'd be delighted. Yeah, we don't go down a player. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's we got we got one more deal it sounds like it's just about done and this one um, we get excited about all right here we go okay oh are we excited now oh yes all right oh, yes well mike why are you excited about domilson cordero dos santos or well, dodo for, first all,
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the first first part you took uh, that i'm excited about too okay we'll go with dodo hey <laughs> talk about profile of a player this is the type of profile that we need this is the type of excitement. The fan base needs the opportunity for, cause we always, it has to be discussed selling higher in another couple of years off of the money that we're spending on the player. Like this is that type of stud Brazilian national 14 to 15 million. Like this is what we need. Somebody who could get back, who can get forward fast change of pace like this is the guy who can change the game. Whereas I think we've kind of taken a step back in a couple other areas. This is this is the positive. This is the positive. So you you think he's an upgrade on Odriozola? I like Odriozola, and that has been known. But Odriozola got injured, and then had a little bit of a falling out. And uh, oftentimes didn't see the pitch again um, for for whatever reasons. But yes, I do like him better than Audrey Zola. All
0: right, well, I'm going
1: all in. But, oh, man. So what, what
0: are the terms on the deal here?
1: Uh, so, you know, it's interesting because there's been a long history of, of this player being sought after by a lot of clubs. Uh, and then it came into this year uh, 20 million was, was the ask. And I, I think we led with about 10, you know, eight to 10, which is again, a few an offer. Uh, but I think it, it looks like this week we'll settle at either 14 or 15, which is good. Cause right now, you know, we're offering that 12 to, to 14, and they're asking for 16. So 14, 15 seems to be what's going to get it done. And I think that's a great number. Great, great number. For this player and this profile, and and the the amount of run room he has to go inside of his career, that number is just going to go up. Just going to go up.
0: No, I'm I'm with you. This to me, this feels like a a great deal. I like Dodo a lot. I will say, I was super confused at first when I first saw this reported because a Brazilian fullback named Dodo. You remember uh, Roma had one a few years ago. Same name. Uh, I think I think he played on the left but he was also a marauding fullback named Dodo. And I was like, what? He's got to be like 33, 34 by now. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's another one. Okay, yep. cool. So that was, yeah. glad. Once I got over that, I felt real good about it. Yeah, I mean, Shakhtar, you know, produces a lot of great Brazilian players. Yeah, they do. So I think that's, that's encouraging. Uh, so I, I haven't watched a lot of him at Shakhtar. I'm not going to lie. Uh, from what I have seen of him, though, a couple of things did stand out to me. Uh, the first is, yeah, he's he's really fast, like, very fast. He's really fast,
1: just faster like, than Zola, Which is, I, I mean, Odrizola was quick,
0: yeah, and fast. Think, but this guy, I think, is even quicker and I faster. I think he might. I think he might be. He's he's not real tall, so you when he once he gets going, his legs are just he's motoring. It's really funny. Yeah. His legs just move so quickly, uh, but uh, he's. Over the past uh, couple of years, he's got nine assists, which is pretty good for a fullback, and eight yellow cards. So he has more assists than bookings, which is a pretty wild stat, I think, for a defender. I mean, I think some of that is just that Shakhtar is, you know, so much better than everyone else in Ukraine, except for maybe Don Mokiev, maybe, that they're just always on the front foot. And that probably has something to do with it, but it's still pretty interesting. Uh, He is a, do want to go ahead and uh, jump in. He is not a Brazil international. He's a youth international, former, former Mm -hmm. youth international. So yet to be capped soon to be soon Soon to be be. there. We go. I like, I like that. I like that. Uh, I'm also really interested. He does this thing where he uh, he gets forward and he drives all the way to the, to the byline. And right when you think he's going to cross it, the defender comes sliding across to block, the ball and he cuts it back onto his left and watches his man go sliding into the advertising hoardings behind the goal and kind of waits for a second, then clips in the cross. And he does this, I swear, like twice a game, and it works every time. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I, I think he's going to work especially well for Fiorentina, with who have two fantastic left-footed wingers in Nico Gonzalez and Jonathan Ikone, who both like to cut inside. And That's going to open a lot of space down that right wing. So, yeah, perfect siding, perfect fit. Ben, uh, I'm glad we get to. Uh, I'm glad we get to be a little bit ha- a little bit happy right now. It feels good, nice? doesn't it? And 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 he's rumored to be
1: already looking for homes in the Florentine Hills. So, I, I mean, mean, that that says everything.
0: Mike, I'm looking for homes in the Florentine Hills. <laughs> Except he can afford them. Well, all right, I'm not feeling happy anymore. Uh, yeah. I'll <laughs> tell you what, you know, let, let, let me let me drag you down to my level here, because we're done talking about happy stuff. It's time to talk about players leaving, because that is part of the cycle here, right? Uh, and we got to start with one of our favorites, uh, Bart Dragowski. Uh Sounds like Torino offered $8 million for him, and Fiorentina turned it down, which on the one hand, yeah, this is a guy who I think is, in terms of talent, at least a $20 million euro goalkeeper. Uh, but when you've already brought in Golini, Terraciano's still there as the backup. Like, what are we talking about? At this point, it kind of feels like they're just, they're just yanking his chain a little bit, if I'm honest.
1: We love this guy. We love the beard. Everything that he's done for the club and how he's been treated, not only by uh, Barone and, and and Parade, going back to the della La Valle area. Yeah. There were, there were a lot of issues in, in how he was treated and yet he still gave everything that he needed to, to the city of Florence and, and to the Viola fans. And, and there's a lot of respect that has to go into it. Um, he is worth far more than eight, but when you have a club who benches this kid and, and puts him behind Terraciano, like, listen, I I, I like Terraciano, but, he he has never, nor will he ever be John Gotsky. And John Gotsky is is a very, 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 very good and very young goalkeeper. He should have been what we built around. Um, you can argue that Italiano doesn't like some of the skill sets, or he may be lacking some of the skill sets, maybe is a better way of putting it that Italiano looks for. Um but after we did this, and we talked about it on our podcast, Fiorentina completely botched and mismanaged what we could sell him for, because the business side completely went down when, when we just disrespected him as a player by benching him and, and putting him behind uh, Taraciano. So what can we get for him? I, honestly, I thought eight was going to be the number. I was going to be happy with eight, knowing that we benched him and, and put him on you know uh, 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 behind the scenes there. And he also came in and, and didn't have the best games when he came in uh, in, in some spotty uh, situations there. So I thought eight was going to be the number. Maybe they just don't want to keep him in Serie a, which I think is a good move. He's been linked Ooh, to yeah. several. He's been linked to several pr- uh, Premier League teams and and uh, championship uh, teams over in, in uh, England. That seems to me to be the, the good move. You know, if you can get eight, nine, maybe ten out of this guy and send him overseas that's the way to go
0: yeah I'm, I'm with you i think the idea of facing bart twice a year basically means that you're not going to score in those games no uh i mean let's not forget this is the guy who set the Serie a record for saves no. in a game with like seven with empoli back when he was on loan at empoli and yeah i think you're right the way that he's been treated at fiorentina has been frankly pretty pretty mean like he was brought in as a as a kid. Uh, you they told him, you know, oh, you're going to be the next number one. Once Tatsaro Sanu leaves, Tatsaro Sanu left. They brought in Sportiello, who was supposed to be the next long-term solution, left Bart on the bench. Uh, that didn't work out. They're like, all right, well, we're turning to Drongovsky now. Surprise, we're buying Alban LaFont, yep. who's a you know a year or two younger, and Bart's stuck on the bench again. LaFont didn't work out. Bart finally gets his chance and turns in some fantastic seasons for Fiorentina. Very much. I mean, I, I still think that he is the best uh, 1v1 goalkeeper I've ever seen play for this team. I'm including, you know, Sebastian Fry in that. Uh, and, and then, yeah, he, you know, sure, he struggled a little bit making the switch to being more of a sweeper keeper, more possession-oriented. One, yeah, it's a big change. Two, we're talking about a guy who's not going to be 25 until next month. That's so young for a goalkeeper. So he's got plenty of time to learn, To I have a lot of trouble believing that a literal professional athlete cannot learn how to kick a ball a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Right. Like what are we talking about here? Give him some time. He's coordinated. Like he's literally a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. Like this means he is better. Like if we went out, like, like if we went out for my Sunday league team, he would be the best player on that team as an outfield player. Like, what are we talking about here? Is that? I mean, if you're that athletic, if you're playing at that level, you are that class of athlete. So I have a lot of trouble understanding how people think that he just can't learn how to do this stuff. So yeah, I think a move to England, uh, Espanol in Spain, also been linked. But yeah, I just I just want to highlight that I feel like he's really kind of got the short end of the stick from Fiorentina, and he has never once complained. He's never gone to the press. He's never told his agent to raise a fuss. He's just always put his head down and done his best and really tried to prove his value uh, with his performance on the field. And I I think that's such an admirable thing. And I think that that's something we really don't see much of in the modern game. And yeah, man, that just, uh, it just really stinks. I hate this. It makes me really sad. And, and and let's add
1: some context here on a couple of things. Um, Rocco Camiso came in and and talked about marketability. We brought on Frank Ribery because he has twice as many social media followers as the entire Fiorentina social media does. Um, you know, and and the other concept that he spent a lot of time talking about uh, was Fiorentina has not had a bandiera since. Uh, Going back to the days of uh, Antonioni, you know, and and talked about how players should want to be that, like Chiesa and Vlahovic. And what we've done since then is kick Antonioni out. We've sold Chiesa, we've sold Vlahovic, and we've gotten rid of players who really wanted to be that. Um, And and I would lump Drogowski into that group of players who wanted to be here and wanted to carry that flag along with somebody like a Terea. But you know, as much as we wanna talk about the expectation and Drongovsky is good enough to stay here, make no bones about it, we just don't care. And, and that is upsetting to see, especially for somebody like me who sat in the room and, and listened to this message being resonated. Uh, of a bandietta and 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 marketability i mean what's more marketable than than this guy with this huge beard who's standing in front of people s- shooting
0: balls at his face like come on right like the, the, just physically he just yeah he's a huge burly polish guy with a massive beard and like i don't get some it. tattoos and he's just the biggest sweetheart in the world this is someone everyone should really like and, he and enjoy. he speaks
1: several languages. Like, yeah, I, I like think obviously, on the team, he speaks the most languages that there is. Obviously
0: rest. a really smart guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. We. Okay. I, I call the meeting, the session of the Martomia-Drogowski uh, Appreciation Society <laughs> to a close. I think it's pretty clear that we both love the guy and are so sad that he's on his way out. And we really wish him the best wherever he goes because he deserves it. And he's going to make some team's fans unbelievably happy. Oh, God. So irritating. Right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump in to, uh, to the other one who we think is probably on his way out, and that's Nikola Milankovic. Uh, it sounds like a all the big clubs in Italy basically are interested. I've heard stories about Inter, Napoli, Juve, Milan. Uh, weirdly enough, not as much interest from outside of Italy, but with uh it sounds like a bunch of english clubs are planning to shop in italy for defenders so that means milan Skriniar, matjas delict uh yeah so uh, it sounds like there's going to be some musical chairs in central defense at uh in serie a there's
1: a lot of good central defenders in, in serie a i mean that's when you go through the list of those players i mean there's a lot of good central defenders there are.
0: There. i'm i'm going to break danny Penz's heart here and i'm probably going to hear from him uh i still don't think Matthijs De delict is at that level Every time I watch the dude, he makes a mistake or, like, commits a handball or a foul, and half the time he gets away with it for who knows why. Pure good fortune, doubtless. It has <laughs> nothing to do with anything else. But, uh, yeah, so I think Milenkovic probably on his way out. What's a fair
1: price for him at this point? The, the number that's been thrown around for the past two years is that 15 million euro number. Oof. So if we get 15 million euro for a player who's on his last year of contract – he walks now does the club stick with that that's the question because i would imagine once a few of those players you mentioned move elsewhere for a lot more money 15 million euros for a player like milankovic is easy to fork over and to be quite honest i'm i'm surprised a few of these clubs aren't getting him preemptively and then moving their player
0: yeah i'm with you i mean he's such a good defender I mean, yep. he can, he can literally do everything right like I... everything I, I, to me, he's he looks best as a uh, as a screenier replacement at Inter. Yep.
1: Uh, Who Who's been linked to? The, oh, pretty yeah. much the the majority of, of uh, the Mercado season.
0: Yeah. That's the I, club. I, I I think that would, as long as he doesn't go to Juventus, basically, I'm okay with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, here, Speaking of good citizens, like, you know, he, he could he could have just not signed that one year extension last summer. And left for free this summer, and he chose not to. He chose to do right by the club. And I mean, also himself, let's not pretend otherwise, because last year, the just the economic situation meant he wasn't going to get as big of a salary. But like, good for him. He tried to do right by the club, tried to make sure they would get something from his exit. So yeah, again, I, I, I feel like no matter how this plays out, nothing but respect for the way he's handled himself in this, which... It's pretty crazy, right? When you think about it, that he, here's this, uh, you remember when he joined that? What was that? 2018. He was this really tall, skinny, gangly yeah. teenager. And he's grown into, I think probably one of the five best central defenders in Serie A. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and he's complete me. offense, yeah. defense, everything. So, yeah, there's no, yeah. I think he can play in any system in any position. So, yeah, again, whoever gets it is getting a good one. And that's, uh, it Fiorentina got so close to getting this right. You know, like, this is, the, the, he's had the journey that you want a player to have who comes to Fiorentina. He comes from a small team mm-hmm. as a young player, develops, grows into an absolute world-class star, and then leaves. We would prefer that he left for, uh, you know, the 40, 50 mil that he's probably worth as as a player on the open market. 15 not quite that but uh if you're not willing
1: to invest in a player in giving them the wages during the season that they should have and extending his contract this is the situation that plays out listen I, I get it Fiorentina has a wage scale and they don't want to go above it but in situations where you need to make an investment in a player so, this way you can get a little bit more. And, and all indications are from what I've heard that that same agreement is in place. If he doesn't get the offer and the wages he wants from another club, he will sign another one year extension. There were conversations throughout the season of extending his contract. Don't forget that. Why didn't we do that? That's the frustrating part. So, if you want to talk about 15 versus 40 to 50, that's the reason right there. It goes back to the business side of it. And yeah, while Milankovic is concerned about the business side of it, he's always been that citizen for the club, renewing and willing to renew again for another year. But why can't we take care of him for the long
0: term? That's what's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Got to spend money to make money. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, again, I thank you for your service, been a fantastic servant for the club scored some amazing goals too that yeah. I still I still think about that one against uh Kiev of Verona the, oh, what would that have been like 2017 in the in the opener when Fiorentina wrecked him 7 to 1 and he scored that volley from outside of the box where he basically piledrove uh Emanuele Giacarini into the core of the earth and then fired like on the half volley an absolute laser into the top corner, just out of nowhere. I mean, you know, the, the last second winner against Atalanta and the Copa, uh, he had a, he's had a couple other dramatic late ones that were great. But to me that volley is still the one that stands out. Like you don't expect your enormous six foot five central defender to just casually Lash a 25 yard rocket on the bounce into the top corner. That was that's still one of the wildest goals I've ever seen. So, yeah, wherever you end up, Nikki, good luck and thank you for everything. Been nothing Mm -hmm. but a, a faithful servant to the club and nothing but admiration and respect for him. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Further departures you know, this being Fiorentina, literally any player could leave, right? Let's go ahead and be And a lot of people have here. been rumored, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think Igor's going anywhere. Let's uh, hope not. Yeah, right? I mean, because once Milankovic leaves, he is without a doubt the best defender on the team, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully there, he's there, not there going There were rumors
1: of, of Juve looking at him, just you know, pushing uh, those out there.
0: Oh, I hate that. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian Kwame scored 13 goals for, for Anderlecht. One hell of a um, year. One hell of yeah, a year. Yeah, had a really good year. Got a bunch of assists too. Yep. Uh you think, do you think he sticks around this year? Is, I mean, is he going to be the, is he going to compete with Cabral as the backup striker and possibly as a uh, emergency winger too? Yeah, or do you was, think that selling him is still probably the best option? So so I've always thought
1: that because of the psychology behind it, that he's probably a player that could use an opportunity outside of Florence. But I will ask you this. That, the, the, the point that you brought up is a question that I will want to know the answer to. If he can play on the wing, because, listen, we need support on the wing in an Italiano system. We're not complete there. Like, let's not get it twisted. Is he somebody that can play out on the wing and provide goals, provide service, get those assists? I mean, 13 and 10 probably isn't going to happen in in Serie A. I mean, there is a difference in leagues, but uh, do you think that he could offer a little bit more firepower? Because we certainly lacked it last year on those wings.
0: Well, if my uh, FM twenty one save is any evidence, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, turns into a, a real good uh, inside forward cutting in from the left. So there's that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I think he could. If again, I didn't watch a whole lot of Underlet last year. Not gonna not gonna pretend otherwise. Yep. But uh, good, good looking color jersey there though. Yeah, good looking color jersey. Which you know, I I'm convinced that's why he chose there, so he could continue to wear purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. If you watch, their, they played a 4-4-2 with the uh, strikers frequently drifting wide and cutting in, and the nominal wide midfielders kind of cutting inside as well. Kind of like a little bit like a Villarreal a, a few years ago, with those teams that Valero and Gonzalo Rodriguez and Giuseppe Rossi played for, if you're looking for a arcane comparison. Uh, so I think, to me, a lot of the roles that he filled for Anderlecht are very similar to playing on the wing. As he would in Florence, like a lot of the, a lot of the qualities, a lot of the movements that you're looking for are pretty similar. So I, again, I think he could, but like you said, the psychological issue, like just the, I mean, frankly, he should have, they never should have tossed him in so soon after he was recovering from that terrible knee injury. Yep. And I think that just ruined his confidence. But I don't know. Maybe we can maybe we can check with uh, your buddy and his old downstairs neighbor, (laughs) uh, Nicola Misul, and see if there's a see if he's got uh, anything to add. Maybe he's got some insights. Yep. (laughs) Maybe maybe it was extended for another year or two. Yeah, yeah, we should ask ask his landlord about that. Uh, See, now other guys who maybe, maybe not. uh, Shimon Zierkowski. What do you think? Uh, heck of a year over at Empoli. I, I thought he had a great year. I, I Listen, this this one's confusing
1: to me. Boy, I happened. thought he had a great year. I, I thought it was a no-brainer that Empoli was going to purchase him and that I thought it was a no-brainer that we were going to reacquire him. But Empoli lets him leave. And before Empoli lets him leave, we said, we're not going to buy him back. I I, I This one confuses me. So, like, people... Far smarter than I am out there, who are watching a game in in a in a much better lens than I am, must be seeing something that I am not. So I, I have no idea. I'm I'm confused on this one.
0: What, yeah, do, you, uh, what do you think? Cool. Uh, absolutely befuddled. I mean, the only thing I can come up with is that he is a uh, I believe he's a Corvino purchase. Yeah. Which might be part of why he's getting pushed out, since that seems to be a theme, right? uh but uh so why didn't yeah. buy him i don't know i he seems know. like a perfect player for them like I mean, he what, played what, all the time what, what was the what was the fee for them was it like four it, it was four four oh i thought it was like oh my no. goodness no. i thought it was like 10 or 11 or something uh-uh. and it was a a, a a buyback at six yeah that's that's bizarre. Uh there's clearly something else going on here that we we don't have access to. You wanna agree and just leave it there? Yeah. Monkeypox. He has
1: monkeypox. That's the only thing that can explain it. All
0: right. Well, figure that one out. Monkeypox, uh, mm-hmm. internet, you heard it here. Uh anyone else who you think is going to leave or should leave? I'm just gonna tell you what, I'm gonna run through some players and we'll just do this real quick. Uh Alexa Turczyć, should he or will he?
1: Yeah, it, should he stay i guess is the question and and uh unless we get a another player there i, I don't think he's i don't think he's a player for that backup position unless he improves him away and we should get a replacement there but i don't i don't see that happening yet
0: yeah i'm with you I, I don't i don't see him having the quality he's never looked comfortable back there might be time to move on but who knows uh world-class blasphemer marco benassi stay or go
1: I am going to go back to what you just said. might be time to move on.
0: No, I think I'm going to agree, especially now that the, uh, Berardi sweepstakes seem to have been definitively ended. Uh, and I felt like that was the only reason to, keep him the only reason. to bring his, I mean, he didn't play in Empoli. Yeah, right? Again,
1: like, how, how can we expect to, to increase our skill set and abilities on a three front race
0: when we're bringing in players that didn't even play in Empoli? For the past two years, mind you, because he didn't play at, uh, at Hellas the year before, and also signed that extension. So, I, man, I got no clue what's going on there. He might be tough to move. He might just—he might just be part of the furniture now. He doesn't have uh, monkeypox, apparently. Uh, Luca Ranieri, stay or go? I think you keep him, right?
1: Yeah, Again, we're not—we're not hearing anything, and I—and I was on the fence until we saw him play against us that last time.
0: Holy. Yeah, he set the holy world on fire. How he was great. He shut us down. He, he single handedly held Nico Gonzalez in check, which is not easy to do. Yeah, and, I'm with him. I would really everybody to see. else because nobody else was going to score. So, oh, I mean, you make a valid point. Yeah. No, I, I, mm-hmm. I would love to keep Luca Ranieri around. I think he can play left back as well. Uh, he a lot of flexibility. Yeah, he's not as dynamic going forward. He's not as good of a crosser as Biragi by any stretch. But he can absolutely hang out there. He can play as a wing back. He can play, I think, in the middle. Yeah. It's just nice to see Academy graduates get through and having him and Sotil both on there would be awesome. Yeah. So and yeah he, he, he deserves some positive
1: news after the yeah. past couple of summers where there's been some some negativity.
0: Yeah. Fair yeah. point. I'd, I'd love to see him stick. Uh, how about Tofu Montiel? Kind of a sad one, right? Uh, that's all I have. Yeah, probably time to cut bait. I mean, yeah. he couldn't stick it in Sherya so achieve Like it might be. Uh, I st- <laughs> still think there's another kinder universe where he uh, he turns into a heck of a player. Maybe but he passed five feet one.
1: three inches and, and eighty seven pounds. I don't know. Not in this universe, though. uh poor little guy.
0: <laughs> little uh, Gabriel Agori. Yeah, worth it. No, uh,
1: uh-uh, uh, uh-uh. no. Nope. You you think cash in? Uh, I don't think cash in. I just think get a, get another year because you have Jovic that you need to see what's going to happen. You have Cabral that you need to see what's going to happen. Kuwame could stay if he's going to get out on the wing, but he does provide some flexibility as another center forward. Uh, I, I just don't see there being an opportunity for him to get any run, and he's a player who's just starting to find his form after a year. Like, let's get him going, and, and then next year is when we see if we cash in, let him go, or bring him back.
0: I'm, I'm with you. I say, load him out to a out to a lower class Serie A team, and and just see what he does this year. Yeah, perfect. Well, let's go ahead and round this thing off and talk about what work is still left to be done. Uh, What one position, Mike, do you think needs reinforcement? And I have a feeling, (laughs) I have a feeling I know what your
1: answer is going to be. Yeah, let's just, we can actually just go back to every podcast before, take a couple cuts and paste it here. (laughs) Uh, It's not going to change. And uh, midfield is it. I actually think we got worse in midfield. We have an injury of Castrovili. We lost Terea We're talking about bringing in uh, Mandragada. Wh- where is this midfield getting better? Benassi's going to stay? Come on. No, can't be. Yeah. Uh, we are very slow. We, in my opinion, lack creativity. Um, very little dribbling through the midfield. So how are we going to link from, from our defense, uh, unless it's going to be Dodo, which maybe what it we're might, going to be doing. Yeah, you, you want a few other options, you, probably want some more options here. So I mean yeah, listen, midfield has to be it. It's
0: not going to change until Fiorentina gets his midfields Well let right. me let me toss a couple of names at you that, that have been linked recently. And the first one is God, you talk about going back and copying and pasting Dennis priate Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> slow midfielders that aren't good at any one thing, but but aren't excelling at any one thing, but are good at at, at things. Uh, no, I, it does uh, not excite me. does not excite me at all. I heard 7
0: million euros. Uh, I mean, no. cheap at least. I, don't, I mean, Prairie, to me, he, I think he does a lot of the stuff that Mondragora does, just looking at him play, looking at the stats. Really good creative passer. Does offer... Not as much of a goal threat at all, but not a ball carrier. No, doesn't really get through a lot of defensive work. So I'm not quite sure if that profile fits. Yeah, just that Prade's been linked to him for,
1: seems like, decades.
0: What was it, 2016, when, uh 2015, 2016, when Prade was going to join, uh I don't remember which Belgian club, and he signed before Prade, and then his dad came through at the last minute and his dad, who was his agent, canceled the deal and he ended up at Sampdoria instead. Uh so yeah. Oh man. Uh I kind of hope not to. No. Uh well, let me try one that might might light your fires a little bit more. You want to talk Nedim Bairami a little bit? Because that sounds like there might be a little smoke in that fire. Come on, baby, let my fire. Yes. <laughs> That's, see,
1: see here, here's the thing. That's the profile that we're missing. Um, and, and to be quite honest, like if we would have kept Terea and brought in Barami, oh, 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 that is the midfield that we needed. Uh, but we must move on. Barami is exactly what we need, though. Um, I, you know, I, listen, the, the only negative that I see from him is that he hasn't done it. For several years, he hasn't been that consistent player who's going to excel for three, four years, but he's still young like you're buying still. On the early onset of his career he's fast he's a scorer. he's an assist man like he is exactly the profile that we need to be quick shifty dribble get in between the gaps and push that ball to either our forward. One of our wingers who's coming in, and somebody's going to hammer that ball home. This is the first time since Terea that I've been excited about somebody coming into the midfields and galvanizing the team, getting it moving forward, and taking it from defense all the way to some kind of goal scoring opportunity. This is the type of guy that I think will take a lackluster midfield. And and, and again, nothing against Amrabat. I I think he's very serviceable, but I I do think Torreya is better in that role. Um, He's going to be the one that's going to take it to a whole nother level. The the most exciting midfielder that I've been happy to see. Now, could we get other players that are even better than Barami in that that role? Sure. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I I say sign him, sign him right now.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I like Barami. I mean, only 23 years old at Empoli. So he's, you know, got got a little bit of Tuscan knowledge already, right? Yeah. Uh but yeah, really good dribbler. Uh doesn't get through as much defensive work, but I think that's something Italiano could fix. Yeah. Uh yeah, good dribbler, creative passer, gets into the box well. I think he would be a really good vice Castrovili until Castrovilli's healthy and kind of ease some of that sting. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose one more thing to you here. Let's hear it and that's that Yusuf Mala is ready for a slightly bigger role uh you know he didn't get to play as much last year and I, I don't think he was quite ready I mean you could you could tell he's he's a little bit sloppy with and without the ball right like he's I, I think if he stopped sprinting everywhere and maybe slowed down a little bit it might help him he's just guy, you could just see the diesel fumes coming out the back of him yeah. but uh I think he might be getting close to ready to play a role similar to Costavili. I don't think that he has the same quality. Like let's be honest here. Like Yusuf Male is not in that class yet and might never be, which is no shame. But I think that he, you know, he's got a good shot on him. He's a decent dribbler. He's a decent passer. He's super mobile and he's fantastic at closing down, which I think will endear him to Italiano, especially, and so I think we might be ready to see more of him. Well, uh, you—you're you, kind of shaking your head but nodding it alternately. What yeah, are you, yeah, Where yeah, are you at yeah, here? I,
1: I think he's going to be very serviceable. I think that his work rate and pace will help fill a lot of those gaps of losing losing Torreira in an otherwise very 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 slow midfield. But I don't think that he's going to offer what we need moving forward offensively, I would actually argue that your would do a better job of offering the going forward the ball control and the goal scoring opportunities than Malay would. I, I know that we just had a segment where we were both very confused on, on the situation with Zsarkovsky, but I actually see him as a better fit for what this midfield needs, which is offensive production, whether it's goal scoring or goal creation, than Malay does. And Malay, I think, is very good. I think he can definitely take um, some of my fears of the work rate, the, the lack of speed, lack of quickness, uh, away, you know, cause like some of those concerns can go away if he's on the pitch, but now it's, what do you do? Cause again, Amrabat's not a goal scorer. Montenegro is not a goal scorer. Duncan is not a goal scorer. Malay really isn't a goal scorer, so so where are the goals and, and the goal creation going to have to come from? It has to come from somebody 15
0: goals from Jack Bonaventura, baby. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Listen, you know, I'm I'm surprised MLS didn't call him yet. Like he's oh, at the boy. age where MLS is, is gonna be wanting him, but Barami's the type of player that we need. And and I'm going to also say that I'd like to see Zierkowski get some opportunities. That's a big bodied boy. Who's quicker than you would think faster
0: than you would think and has the ability of scoring and creating. That's the guy I want to see. So I, I will, I will agree with you on Zierkowski all the way. If you look at the numbers, cause you know, that's what I do. Cause I'm a pointy headed intellectual, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of carries from midfield, he is one of the tops in Serie A last year. What he did as well as or better than just about any other midfielder was pick up the ball deep and motor forward and carry it into the final third. What he did with it when he got there, eh, not always ideal, but he was really good at getting it there. And I agree with you. I think this team is currently constructed. Doesn't have anyone who does that really well. Jack, Jack will do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Jack can carry that ball a little bit. Alfred Duncan can do that sometimes. Mala is not a great dribbler for all of his pace. Uh, Amrabat, that's not really what he does, especially if he's playing as a defensive midfielder. Mondragora, not a ball carrier in the slightest. Right. And nope. I think what that's going to do is it's going to force uh, the wingers, Nico Gonzalez and Dicone and Sotil and Saponara, to drop a whole lot deeper. And that's going to leave the striker isolated again. And we've do you really want a sequel to that movie? I don't. I, I no. and We've I, seen I, what, what adding more stress
1: to those wingers does. I mean, they're not yeah. naturally goal scoring right now the way it is anyway. Like, we need to support them and allow and, them to be more free and mobile in their yeah, actions to, towards yeah. the goal.
0: Yeah, I want to leave them higher up, closer to the exactly. goal so when they receive the ball they don't have to cover 40 yep. yards before they're even close enough to think about shooting. Getting ready for those cuts that they make. That's what yeah, we want no, to have. So I, I'm really with you. So, no, I think Tchaikovsky is a guy who, if this club is serious, should give a long look to in preseason. All right. But Cor- Corvino,
1: you know, bottom and, yeah, and, well, there's those that. Things never play well.
0: There is that. Yeah. Any, yeah. any other, any other midfielders you're really interested in? I've, I've noticed a conspicuous absence. Oh, yeah, you, you, uh, you, you think that someone like Richie could maybe uh, do the job?
1: Sorry, uh, he, he definitely should have gotten a job, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 going to uh, always always hurt.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll let you wipe that single tear rolling down your cheek away, and while you're while you're taking care of that, uh, I think to me the the biggest need right now is in a uh, central defense. Yeah, especially if Milankovic leads. Yep, I I really like the pairing of Igor and Lucas Martinez Cuarta. Uh, I think last year, because they were playing more or less the same role, they they did a lot of similar things. Uh, they're both... Uh, the the way the defense mostly worked last year, as I understand it, was that Milenkovic was largely in charge of sweeping up behind, while Martinez Cuarta and Igor were in charge of moving forward and chasing yep. the opposing striker deep. Uh, I think we also saw... Against Atalanta, uh, Italiano deployed a really, really fascinating defensive system uh, that really looked like a back three uh, with Biragi, Igor, and Milenkovic. Milenkovic chasing Jeremy Boga uh, pretty much everywhere he went, into the bathroom, into his, uh, like, wherever Boga was, Milenkovic was, (laughs) you know, a meter away. It was incredible, and it worked brilliantly. Uh, But the the other thing that they did was Igor was the one who was sweeping up behind. So I think he has the potential to do that and replace Milankovic in that way and let Martinez Cuarta do the thing where he flies around like a balloon with all the air coming out of it and just wreaks havoc, which he's very good at. The problem is you're competing on three fronts. You need more than two central defenders. You want three, probably four. And I don't think Fiorentina has that right now. Uh, With respect to Matija Nastasic, i don't think that really worked uh, wasn't that a so, one-year deal isn't he gone i uh, he yeah he's out all right good yeah i mean that's the one to him. not sure. So, i'm sorry it didn't work for him but animal, yeah but good so yeah, fair yeah. Uh, i think that there's a couple of names i've heard recently that are linked that i really like uh the mm-hmm. first is marlon uh also plays at shocker so we mm-hmm. know those channels of communication are open mm-hmm. uh also brazilian you know because shocked uh, but he does have some Serie A experience. He broke through with uh with Sassuolo. Uh really, really good on the ball. And he's a he's a pretty burly guy. He's a hefty fella. And so I think I think he could be a pretty good rotational option back there. I don't know if Two I like hey, huh? buddy. Hey, yeah. buddy. All Brazilian back line almost. With uh, yeah, if you went across, you got Dodo, Marlon, Igor, and Viragino? We'll workshop that one. Yeah. Uh, no, so I think he'd be a good depth signing. Again, I don't know if I like him more than Igor or Martinez Cuarta, but as the third guy, I like him quite a bit. Uh, the one that I think is more interesting is uh, Marco Cinesi. Uh Yes. Argent- yeah. Oh, you, you like yes. that one, too? Yes. Yes. Big smile on your face here, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think he's, I think he's ready to make the jump. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy who could maybe push Martinez Cuarta back to the bench. I think he's yep. that good. Big, strong guy. Uh, versatile enough. He's played a little bit in midfield as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm very interested. I think he's also mobile enough to play that high line that Italiano needs. And I think, I think he would probably fulfill more of that sweeper role as well. So those, those are the two I'm excited about. Uh, so, also, so let me just, say, let me just ask oh, this. Go ahead, yeah.
1: so, so we're talking about LMQ and Igor paired together. I have one concern and I want you to address it. Your thoughts on can LMQ and Igor play together in a controlled dynamic? Or do you think that both are a little bit too free flow, too free playing of a, a of a grouping where there's going to be a lot of mistakes made? Because let's be honest, LMQ he gets he gets high, he he moves, he gets the ball, he's running. The, the Igor thirst for thing. the goal is really something to see. <laughs> they're running, they're running like Igor wants to dribble with this ball, and like people bounce off of him, which is good. But they get out of position. Yeah. Is there enough discipline in that duo, or do we need somebody who's going to come in and create a discipline dynamic where we have a lot of talent in LMQ and Igor?
0: No, I, I think that's I think you're spot on. I think that's really the question. I I think Igor can perform that sweeping role. I think he can take some of his uh his forward movement off a little bit. I think I don't know. I might be totally off base here. Yeah, uh Lucas, God love him, he he wants he wants to be the world's greatest box to box midfielder, and uh, I mean I love that. It's one of my favorite things about it. It's like <laughs> off of a corner, off of a defensive corner, he'll just take off, and you're like, oh, Fiorentina have a counter. They have got numbers. Who's that? Oh god, that's Lucas Martinez Quarta in the other box. What are we doing? Ah! I love that. Yep. No, I I think that maybe, but that'll definitely be something to watch in preseason. Yeah. I think that's and, and that's think. the role. That's the role I like
1: Sinisi in there. I, yeah. I, I like him coming in and being able to. He, he's he's seasoned. He's professional. He's been through the ups. He's been through the downs. Like I think that he's somebody who could actually bring that group together.
0: I no I think he would be a great signing. I mean if you go in for the Michael Cox description of all defenders being either cats or dogs. Uh Igor and LMQ are both dogs. They're both going to get up and chase and be energetic. And you want a cat who's just going to kind of stand off a little bit and observe before pouncing. And I think that's definitely more snazzy. A couple couple other names for you that I've heard linked that I'm not as excited about, uh Francesco Acerbi Wonderful player. Great in possession. I don't think he has the pace to play a very high line. Not anymore. And yeah, no, hes I think he might be older than I am. Again, wonderful story. You know, yeah. two-time cancer survivor. Wish him nothing but the best, but I don't think he's the right fit. Uh, also heard a little bit about Simon Kier. I actually don't know how to say that. Kier, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah another good, good story, Kier. though. Yeah, Yeah, another good story. I mean, coming off that big knee injury that many missed. S- saved a life. Milan Scudetto run but yeah you know aside from that I've always liked back when even back when he was at Palermo I always thought he was a really good defender yeah I mean that was what he's had a great career yeah he really has I mean he was hey Ballon d'Or finalist yeah on on the uh, on the long list a couple (laughs) years ago which was hilarious to watch and he, he also just looks like the kind of guy who's incredibly unpleasant to play against yeah, like he's just all elbows.
1: I mean, he, but, he's definitely a leader, though. Too. I mean, that's the yeah. one thing that you like um, in the back, especially. Yeah. And, and you know, I, 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 he must be at this point like um, emergent, emergency medically
0: trained. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he having a saved a life. Uh, you know, you give MP. them that credit. Yeah. Having an oh yeah, I mean, again, great story. You should you should look that up. If you get a chance. But again, I don't I don't think he's got the pace or the athleticism, especially after a big knee injury and at his age. No, I mean he didn't turn much and run. last year towards you, oh, the end. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit leery of uh of that one. And then yeah, I think Luca Ranieri, fascinating mm-hmm. idea. Uh could I go with a real deep cut for you? <laughs> Jacob Rasmussen. Remember that guy? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I sure exactly. didn't until right now uh yeah. well, i think yeah. he's still on the roster until 2024 i think yeah. or 2025 so he's sat next to him in one of the games yeah uh-huh. really oh yeah uh-huh.
1: uh, any any takeaways uh, he, he sat with the women's club um oh that's yeah, actually nice, good guy. nice guy nice cool. guy very social uh speaking with a couple of the players on the women's club they they said he's just a, a really nice person so they, oh. they had a good conversation that was it Oh, well I, I have mean, a bad thing to say about him, but I just don't know if he's the fit.
0: Yeah, fair. I mean he did have a great year on loan at Vitesse last year, I know. I actually I really thought they were going to try to make the move permanent. Uh but I heard I again I do not watch a lot of Air and I certainly don't watch a lot of Vitesse. Uh, but I have some friends who are fairly into into the Dutch game and said that he was maybe the best defender in in the Netherlands last year, which is, you know. Not bad. So, so does that then
1: speak to the to the economics of world football? If the best defender is not purchased after a loan, which the obligation or the the option to purchase him wasn't very high, no, it shows that shows you know a lot of disparity of going on in football here. If they can't purchase him at that point,
0: well, I mean, you know, once we have the Super League, that'll fix everything. So, uh, <laughs> oh, god damn it. Well, I think that might mean it's uh, it's just about time to get on out of here, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, uh, yeah. In that case, I think we should go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks, everyone, for listening, Mike. Thank you for recording this while your daughter is sleeping in the same room. You are once again dad of the year for uh, for jumping in and uh, and doing this despite keeping an eye and on it. Thank
1: her. you for doing the clapping, so I didn't have to.
0: <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. All right, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next time, and hopefully, this next one will be back in just a couple of weeks. until till then, Forza Viola. Viola Station is hosted by Mike and Tito. Producer Mike produced this episode. Our theme song is Great Catch by Windchime Weather. Check them out at windchimeweather.bandcamp.com. Viola Station is the podcast from ViolaNation.com. Viola Nation is part of the SV Nation network. Forza Viola.